0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Riding the Pine. Jack We're back with you all today and as always we have another tremendous show in store for everyone at home but before I get into all of that, let's take a little dive into the last episode. I was joined by a great guest hailing from the minor league baseball world, current Oakland Athletics minor leaguer Hogan Harris. Hogan and I got into his career starting out at college and what it was like going through a lot of injuries early on in his college career for Louisiana Lafayette, how he was able to get adjusted to the professional level of baseball and what it was like getting adjusted to making the jump from double A to triple a this year in the athletics organization and so much more so if you want to go check that episode out go check out episode 255 and all 255 episodes that are out now on all podcast platforms now getting into today we're going to be joined by a great guest coming from the college basketball world current assistant men's basketball coach for the citadel coach chris hill Coach Hill and I get into his career starting out in his playing days at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and what it was like to be a part of UWM's big time run in 2005 to the Sweet 16, how he was able to get adjusted to the coaching side of basketball and how he landed at the Citadel and so much more. So if you want to hear a little sneak preview into the Citadel's upcoming season and about Coach Hill's impressive career in basketball, don't go anywhere because here comes Coach Chris Hill. So with that, folks, let's make our way into our show for today. So as always, be sure to find your favorite season here on the bench with me. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, J-A. And I'm here with current assistant men's basketball coach for the Citadel, Coach Chris Hill. Coach, great to get you on the show today, my friend. How's it going?
1: It's going well. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time because I know this is your first year with the Citadel and obviously with preseason stuff and the season right around the corner, probably a very crazy time of year for you. How's the preseason been with the new team and just what's it been like getting acclimated with a new team?
1: You know, uh, a lot of teaching, a lot of learning, uh, you know, for me as well as our our student athletes, our cadets. Uh, So it's uh, it's going I would say it's going really well. Uh, Ed's putting in the new offense, trying to get these guys, you know, the the guys that were from the last staff are still here. Uh, Steven Clark is one of our uh, main focal points. Uh, So getting those guys, you know, just situated and getting them on our page, doing the things, doing things the way we want them to do it.
0: Have you found it at all difficult or maybe challenging, just trying to get everybody all on the same page, especially with there being so many new coaches on the staff this year?
1: Uh, No, actually not really, not at all, because, if you look at our, you know, our staff. You know, uh, John Reynolds, who he actually played for coach, so you know he knows the offense and defense and everything. He knows how coach thinking. You know, he was pretty much a coach on the floor, uh, ran scout team. You know, was uh, was just very involved. You know, obviously as a not only as a cadet but as a student athlete. You know, uh, with the program when he was here, uh, Patrick. You know, he he's been with coach for the last couple of years, so he was at Minnesota uh, with coach Conroy. And then he was with him, uh, last year at Vanderbilt. Uh, so, you know, then it's me, you know, so I'm the, I'm the new addition, you know, I would say pretty much. So for me, it's just getting, you know, you know, all the, you know, learn the new play calls, learn offense, learning how coach wanted defensively, the terminology. So for me, I think I, you know, I, I probably out of the staff have the most to learn, Uh, And get everything, you know, under my belt. But those two guys they you know, they kind of know how coach wants it and uh, how to get it done. So I would say as a coaching staff, it's been it's been really, really easy. Those two guys have been able to help me a lot, you know, to learn how coach want things done. So it's been pretty good as far as a staff.
0: I think that's great. And especially with just, you know, that smooth transition and with the season right around the corner, I think that's even more ideal. Now when do things really start picking up for you guys in terms of just practice scrimmages and then the first game, and then are there any exciting out of conference games early on in the year?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, for us, you know, we're in a different situation. We're unlike uh, a lot of different schools being a military school. So uh, our uh, schedule has been picked up from the beginning. You know, our, our freshmen uh, cadets, uh, they call them knobs. Uh, they have a uh, challenge week uh, before school starts. So, you know, our guys have pretty, been pretty much locked in from, from day one, even before school started, uh, speaking about our knobs, uh, the cadets. So, uh, and then we kind of hit the ground running, you know, doing some workouts, uh, you know, just trying to put as much stuff we can uh, as far as teaching and how we want to do things and develop our our young guys. Uh, but transitioning to that, what I'm talking about is our players, but then going to our schedule, we hit the ground running. You know, we open up with Clemson, first regular season game. So uh, you got ACC, then you then we got Presbyterian, and I know we got Butler on the schedule, and then we go and play the number one team in the country just to speak about our non-conference. Uh, so just say Clemson, Butler, and, and North Carolina, right off the bat, number one team in the country. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be tough, you know, but you know, that's the one thing I loved about what Ed wants to do uh, with this with this program is, you know, even in year one playing tough competition, you know, getting our letting our guys get the exposure, but, you know, if they want to get better. They got to play the best. You know, if we want to try to win this. So this SoCon, uh, who's been uh, it's a tough conference, obviously. And so to do that, we got to play tough competition outside, you know, outside of our uh, regular season games.
0: And I think that's a great kind of philosophy to have. Like you said, I mean, the only way you're going to get better is you're going up against guys that are actually better than you are. Now, the uniqueness, I think, of 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 your situation is just being a coach at a military academy. What's kind of unique about that? I know you mentioned that some of the guys have obviously been at campus for quite some time now, but what's just been unique for you on the co- coaching front being at a military academy?
1: Uh, it's unique because, you know, obviously I don't have any military background. I went to a traditional uh, university, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and then the universities I've worked at, uh, I've all been state schools, which is interesting, though, because uh, the Citadel is a state school. Uh, You know, when I first looked into it, when I inquired about the job, I would think, you know, by being a military school would be a, you know, government school, you know, kind of ran private, but it is not. It's a state uh, state state-run school. Uh, So with that being said, it's different. You know, you want to recruit a little different, you know, a little more detailed and you know, and, and how you go about things as far as recruiting. Uh, but as a, you know, being here and getting entrenched in here you know, on staff and everything, it's, I would say, the biggest thing is the detail, the attention to detail and how your day is structured. Uh, I think it's beneficial to a student athlete. You know, uh, if you, how focused, you know, what are your goals? What are you, how good do you really want to be? Because the attention to detail and everything you do, not only is on our uh, basketball side, but it's in your, your every day on the other side of campus. As far as the military stuff, even the marching, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, the uniform, making your bed, things of that nature. Uh, so your day is so structured and detailed. I think, it, you know, mentally, it makes you a, you know a better young man and a better basketball player if you can carry that over.
0: And I think on top of that, you also have that, that, that idea of discipline instilled right from the jump. So then it's, it's not necessarily the responsibility of the coaching staff anymore to have to implement, you know, discipline or whatever, it's already there. So that's kind of one less thing that you guys have to worry about, but I'm glad you bring up your time at UWM because I want to get in your playing career with the Panthers, yeah. start your career there. I know you're a Chicago native, so I'm sure you had a lot of family that might've not been happy that you went up to Milwaukee, but what made you want to settle at UWM for your playing career? Well,
1: you know, we went to Chicago with young, uh, it's a pretty tough high school, you know, really good academically, uh, been a magnet school. Uh, but what made me want to go there uh, is Bo Ryan and Rob Jeter. Uh, Bo Ryan, who was the head coach prior to going to Wisconsin. You know, he was a UW-Platteville guy, won a couple of national championships there at the D3 level in that WEAC conference, which I actually worked in. We'll talk about that later just because I worked at. But, uh, you know, just his his vision on the program, you know, UWM prior to that. Hadn't, you know, hadn't done much at all, obviously, and he was coming in with the mentality of uh, just growing the program, kind of what Ed has idea here, Uh, you know, changing, changing it, you know, changing it with guys that come in as winners, you know, you know, the discipline and, you know, the the one to fight to win and get there. So I chose it because it was it was far enough from home, but yet close enough that my family and friends. My parents can get the game. So and I met my teammates. You know, it's one thing I tell, you know, I tell when I recruit now, I tell a student athlete, you know, I, I fell in love not only with the school and the coaching staff, but the guys I'm gonna spend the most time with my teammates. You know, uh, we had some pretty good players. We you know, obviously did a lot of winning there. And I think it was indicative of the type of guys that we had. We had in the locker room.
0: Yeah. And I think when you have that, that tight chemistry and and that very close connected kind of group makes the playing on the court so much easier. And I know you mentioned some of the coaches you played for during your time at UWM, one of them being Bruce Pearl. And I know Bruce Pearl, I think we all know him. He's a quite the character, great coach as well, but what are some things that you learned from him during your time as a player? And then what are some stories that you can share about coach Pearl?
1: Well, you know, like I said, I I talked about Bo Ryan and then, so I never got a chance to play for him because when I, uh, before I came in, he took the job at Wisconsin and Bruce got the job. Uh, And so I got a chance to obviously playing for Bruce for four years. I redshirted one of those years. Uh, But, you know, phenomenal coach. You know, the X and the O's and his intensity and his attention to detail. You know, it's, uh, I think it's, it's obviously proven why he's won and why he's done the things he's done at not only Milwaukee, but Tennessee and and now at Auburn. And and before that, Southern Indiana. Uh, Just, his schemes and you know it—it it, it was amazing. It was amazing to be see it as a player, but then to see it also uh, the work with him as well after UWM after I got done playing overseas. But stories, oh man, we could talk for days. You know his—I would say it was transitioning from my redshirt year uh, to me possibly being a starter uh, after we uh, made a tournament run our first ever in UWM history, lost to Notre Dame in the first round. Uh, But I redshirt that year, so I didn't get uh, any on the court. But I practiced every day. I traveled. uh, So it was a great experience for me. But, you know, he was looking for me to kind of take over the program as a starting point guard, and uh, I wasn't the the greatest three-point shooter. So uh, in practice, uh, early in the year, we're getting prepared for the season, and I'm out there breaking up some threes. and. And he just stops practice and just kind of he lets he used some choice words that we probably won't be able to use <laughs> on this podcast, but uh, just it, it, and he said it in a way where it wasn't he it was inspiring, but yet getting on holding me accountable, and that's one thing Bruce does. You know, he he he's gonna love on you, but he's gonna be tough on you. He's gonna give you some choice words, but you know, he has high he had high expectations for me, and I'm pretty sure that obviously. he's, he's continuing to do that. That's why he has some great players on his program. Uh, But that would probably be one of the funniest stories. I I wish I could tell you how exactly with the words we were used, but uh, definitely held me accountable. And, you know, I I helped him lead the sweet 16 team. Uh, We, we beat Alabama, beat Boston college and uh, lost in the sweet 16, uh, Illinois. Uh, So I, I think, you know, stories like that and those, you know, those situations that he put me in throughout practice, you know, challenged me and made me, the better basketball player that I became.
0: Well, I'm glad that you bring up the Sweet 16 run because that is obviously probably something that you've always remembered and I'm sure the program has always remembered as well. What was that whole year like for you and the Panthers? And then also after those, those first few round wins, what was it like to see the confidence just continue to build on your team?
1: You know, it's, you know, to, to, to go back before that that year you know, so we go back to our first tournament run was uh, we lost to Notre Dame in the first round. Uh, and Clay Tucker, Ronnie Jones, Jason Frederick, Dylan Page actually had a shot to to win that game, but kind of lost the ball going up. Uh, so we lose Notre Dame. Uh, I'm coming off a red shirt year. Uh, we get a, a young man named Ed McCants uh, to replace Clay Tucker, Jason Frederick, Ronnie Jones. He was a uh, went to Paris Junior College, but was at Northwestern before that? Uh, so he was a pretty highly recruited young man, came, chose UWM. Obviously, I think because the vision that, you know, of him playing and helping us, you know, continue our tournament runs, I think was one of our best teams. And that prepared us to our sweet 16 year. You know, We had Dylan Page, who ended up winning player of the year, I believe. Uh, and we just didn't. We lost in the conference, won the regular season conference tournament, lost in the conference, uh, won the regular season. Horizon League championship, but lost in the conference tournament to UIC. Uh, But I think that was probably one of our best and most talented teams uh, with Dylan Page, uh, Joe Tucker, Ed McCants, uh, me, uh, Boo Davis, uh, Ronald Boo Davis. And so we just had a lot of pieces, but we just couldn't get over that hump obviously and winning it. Uh, I think I put that a lot on me being a, you know, my first year being the starting point guard for that team. I I just think the leadership, I didn't possess it at the time and and hold some guys accountable within that locker room and and doing some things in certain ways. Uh, But it led us to that next year, we lost Dylan, but I think uh, Ronald Booth Davis was better. Joel was better. Ed was better. Uh, James Wright, Jason McCoy, me, Adrian Tiger. uh, We just, we had a group that just had kind of went through those battles and, and, and felt that hunger of we had all been a part of, in some way, that first tournament run. Then we come back as our team, we don't make it. And then we go into this, 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 uh, our junior year playing wise. And we just, we want it, we wanted it so bad. And so it was just going out the year. It was just about us just playing the hardest and just doing, doing everything together as as a unit and I think we were just clicking on all cylinders and we got that thing going. And then, you know, we beat Detroit uh, in the conference, conference championship. We had won the regular season, obviously. And then we just felt like we belonged. We got there and we saw, you know, Alabama, you know, it's Alabama, you know, we're not supposed to win, you know, it's Alabama, but I think our approach to the game and our level of intensity and the way we played, we just got half and they were, I think we, they were shocked and we punched them in the mouth and we punched them a couple of times. I think they just never recovered. But then going into that next game, you got Boston College, okay. You know, they obviously they did their scout report and they like, okay, we're not gonna let these, these guys just jump on us. We're not gonna, you know, let them get after us. And so they come out and just kind of punched us in the mouth. But being the, the the guy, the group of guys we had, we just resilient and we went on, we went on the run and we kept going. And we pulled that thing out, you know, being in the press and just playing at a, a level that we had been practicing that for years. And so it was just with our strength and numbers and the guys we had, you know, could, could they outlast us? And they didn't. We outlasted them. And, and we beat Boston College and we get a chance to crack it. Illinois, who obviously, uh, if you watch, if anybody can go on YouTube and watch the first minute or so of that game, it was probably the most intense game I've, most intense games I've ever played in just the back and forth. You know, D. Brown comes, hit a three. Luther Head comes down, hit a shot. We come down, get a three. They miss. We get a fast break. One pass up, dunk down the middle. Just the intensity and, and the way that game started off, it was one of the most intense games I played in. But we came up a little short. We uh, couldn't just make the shots we hadn't made the last two games. And obviously they were one of the better teams I've ever played, too, just as far as having the talent and – I think some of the things I just touched on the the, the camaraderie, the the locker room. I think uh, they were just locked in, and, and, and with the talent, they made shots, and they go to the national championship game, lose in North Carolina, but uh, probably one of the best teams I've I played against.
0: Well, I have to say, you you really took me down memory lane there. That was a, a wonderful <laughs> story because I, I was loving every second of it. I felt like I was on the bench with you guys. But I think it's it's a really you know you you kind of take and look back at that whole entire situation, I'm sure. And you kind of say, Hey, you know what that opportunity early on your career, going to the NCAA tournament, you got that taste in your mouth and then you wanted it even more. And then you have a coach like Bruce Pearl who kind of holds you all accountable. So it really was, I think a perfect recipe for the success that you guys had. And then you take that success from college and you go overseas, you play professionally. What was that like for you? Just making that jump, going to the professional level of basketball. And then what was it just in terms of, you know, the lifestyle change, your Overseas, living somewhere else, and and just having to get used to the pro style of life.
1: Yeah, you know, I think you know what prepared me for that. You know, I go back to college, and you know, Bruce left, and uh, Rob Jeter comes in. You know, he was assistant coach for Bo when I was recruited, so he was like, he was a top assistant. Obviously, recruited me to come there, so he comes back my senior year, and just the way they did things—the uh, Bo Ryan way, or Rob, the Rob Jeter way—the uh, attention to detail, you know. Doing the little things, uh, you know. He would always say it's a lifestyle, you know. And so I think those things, you know, playing my senior year for him helped carry over to me going overseas. You know, I, I was being a point guard at, at the pan for the Panthers. I was more Jordy. I was lucky to play with some some talented guys. A couple guys that, you know, Clay Tucker, uh, Joe Tucker, you know, Boo Davis, A M. McCants, all made you know summer league rosters. Never got a chance to stick. Uh, but had great careers overseas. Uh, you know, Clay played the highest level Real Madrid, you know. Davis played, you know, with the Bulls and then Italy for many years. Friends, Ed McCants, you know, playing at a very high level. Uh, Adrian Tiger, you know, Spain for his entire career. Dylan Page played in France his entire career. So those type of guys, I uh, two player of the years, you know, probably should be four. But uh, I was a, a past first point guard. And so going overseas, I had to become a, you know, a score. Obviously, they bring you over there to be a scorer, and, and my stats coming out of college weren't huge because I was passing the ball a lot uh, and trying to win basketball games, which we did. Uh, so just kind of changing over and going back into uh, how I played when I was younger, being a scorer and being on the attack at all times, but, but also using things I've learned as far as running the team, winning, and, and being a point guard. So I go to Romania to kind of get my foot in the door because uh, I didn't make much money uh, because my stats weren't great. I went over there. I think I led the, led the country in assists. Uh, it was a, a upstart team, and so allowed me to you know kind of run the team and be a scorer now and it only pass it. So I think I averaged around sixteen to seventeen points that year. Led the country in assists. So I really really was aggressive and dialed in as a professional as far as being entrenched in somebody else's country. It, it wasn't easy, you know. I'm a Chicago kid from the city. Uh, you know, a lot of the of the The Greenland I seen was when I went out to the suburbs, AAU trips, (laughs) traveling as a high school kid, or when I went to Wisconsin and and met some friends that, you know, outside of Milwaukee and visited their homes. Uh, Agent Tiger lived in Oshkosh and stuff like that. So being interested in somebody else's culture and and seeing just, you know, being somewhere else, I think my my years in Milwaukee helped prepare me, you know, my relationship with my teammates kind of helped me prepare for that, stepping outside of my comfort zone. In somebody else's country, learning the language—it's tough, man. It was—it was a great experience. I wouldn't—I wouldn't change it for the world. But trying new foods and things like that—I think my the environment at UWM prepared me for that. Do you still remember any Romanian? Ooh, no, I'm not gonna mess up anything. Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) I do not. And so, speaking of my playing career, so I leave there. I was in Eastern Europe my whole entire career. I leave Romania. I go to Lithuania, which is a huge it was a, I would say it was a step up basketball wise. Uh, and at that time, you know, Lithuania was was knocking on all cylinders is try, trying to win the Olympics. You know, they had Sangala, all those guys that were playing in the NBA at the time. And so, you know, playing basketball in, Lithuania in that in that country, it was amazing, man. They their fans, you know, when you get in Europe, you know, you, t- you talk about football, soccer. You know, it was a major sport, but in Lithuania, it was all basketball. They lived and breathed it. The crowds are amazing. And the basketball coaches, the guys uh, I got the chance to play with were pretty good. And that league was tough. Uh, had a couple of U-Lab teams, uh, a couple of Euro challenge teams, Euro basket and Euro league uh, with Lithos Ritis And uh, uh, man, what was the other team? Lithos Ritus was the team. And then I can't think of another, one. but they had two Euro league teams. So, uh, guys like Hollis Price was over there. You know, it was some it was some tough competition. So uh, jumping from Romania where it was an up kind of you know get my foot in the door to going to Lithuania, this rich basketball country uh, and tough competition. It was it was nice. We played in three leagues over there. Played in the Lithuanian league. We played in a uh, we had a cup team and then we played in the uh, Baltic league. So uh, you would play depending on the, the week. You might play two to three games and you know a game in all three leagues. So that was a great experience. And I leave there. And I went to Ukraine. Uh, So I played my third year. I played the first half of the year in Lithuania. My team had some uh, financial issues. So I ended up going, uh, getting bought out of my contract and going to uh, Trikasi, Ukraine. Uh, And so played with them uh, in Ukraine, which was another great league as far as talent. Uh, And then I went back there my last year and played in Odessa, Ukraine, Uh, Odessa Sharks, and Odessa, you know, it was the competition, and you had Khalid El-Amin over there. So PJ Tucker and Patrick Beverly was in that league right before they went to the NBA. Uh, actually, funny story. Uh, I go, I go to Ukraine, uh, and I had Clay Tucker, former teammate. Uh, I played with you at Milwaukee, and so I get, I get bought out of my contract, and I just leave Lithuania and go to Ukraine. And I go to uh, the first game. I just traveled with the team, did not play. And, uh, and I'm on a bench and I just hear. Look, dude, look, dude, Chris. I'm like, who is calling my name? I just, I'm in, I'm in Ukraine. Nobody, you know, and it's clay. He was, uh, we hadn't talked in a little bit, but he was playing in Kiev at the time. And so I get a chance to see my first, first trip traveling. I get a chance to see one of my teammates. So it was, uh, Ukraine was a great experience top competition uh, and I finished out my career and got into coaching
0: well uh, I think that's a perfect segue over into the coaching chapter of your of your career I would love to hear why you got into coaching I mean obviously you had a lot of great coaches around you great players great teammates so great influence for you in terms of just getting into coaching in basketball but what got you into coaching initially
1: you know you hit a cliche you point guard you know you coach on the floor uh I, I was I, I would say You know, I was definitely that, you know, and all the teams that I've been able to be a part of from AAU, Illinois Warriors, from back in the day to Whitney Young High School to UWM and then my overseas teams, you know, just being that coach on the floor, running the team, you know, making sure your best players are getting the ball in the right times and right situations and taking care of the ball. So I think it was a great segue for me. I I love playing a game. Uh, My daughter was getting a little older. I wanted to be back in the States. That made, uh, made some money a little bit. Uh, and so Mark Pancras, uh, actually, we played AAU together. Met him in sixth grade, all right? Listen to this story. Met him in sixth grade, played for Illinois Warriors. Uh, I signed on the Bo Ryan to go to UWM. Bruce Pearl signs him when he gets the job to come to UWM. So we ended up going to college together. Uh, we played, you know, obviously five years together at UWM. And obviously through all the, I've known him since, sixth grade, uh, and all the battles we went through and the in championships we won at UWM, uh, we came, you know, even closer. And so he was working with, when he graduated, he went to Tennessee and worked with Bruce right away. Uh, got his, uh, got his master's degree and then became on staff and we would keep in contact, you know, when I was playing and he would always ask me, Hey man, when you get ready to get back into this, you should really think about coming to help us out. And, uh, that how that's kind of how it happened uh was keeping in contact with mark and and then got in contact with jason shea uh, who was on that staff and you know obviously bruce and uh tony jones who's at oakland now still in the business uh and so got a chance to get my foot in the door as a ga graduate manager graduate assistant at tennessee uh wish i could have been there longer but uh they uh, got in a little trouble before I got there. <laughs> I think a lot of people know that story. Uh, so you ended up getting a show clause. And so I spent one year, uh, got a chance to work with Tobias Harris, uh, Scotty Thompson, uh, Jordan McRae, Trey Golden, who's overseas leading the leading the China. He led China in scoring last year. So I got a chance. It was an opportunity to, to see it at another level at Tennessee uh, and working with top high school recruits coming out, you know, Tobias, the McDonald's on American, obviously still playing right now, you know, small, how funny how things go full circle. We talk about how Jeter came back at the recruit me. So I worked with Tobias at Tennessee, my first year out, they just come on campus here at the Citadel and do training camp. So
0: oh, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, that is right. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it, it hadn't talked to him in a while. Uh, uh, so you go back to that. So I get out, I leave Tennessee, go back to Milwaukee. Uh, and then he gets drafted. He ends up at the bucks. So I got a chance to see him and see him play when he's a rookie and all that stuff with the bucks. And now I got a chance to see him as a veteran now, you know, doing training camp with the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, it, it's funny how things go full circle sometimes.
0: Well, when you're around players like that, I mean, it, how, how big of a difference are they from really everybody else? Like our, I know everyone kind of says there's something just special about players like that, like a Tobias Harris where they're in the NBA. Can you just see that right from the jump when you walk in the court and you just say there's just something different about him?
1: Yeah, you know, I would say the biggest thing that stood out to me about him uh, is, was his work ethic. You know, coaching, you know, you see these talented guys. You see some guys that just, oh, man, you know, the athleticism, his skill set, the things he can do on the floor with the basketball and moving without the basketball, things like that you can kind of spot right away. And a lot of guys, you know, can spot that as coaches and, you know, uh, the casuals who watch basketball. But to be able to be in the trenches with him and see how his work ethic, the way he approached the game, you know, I would say his approach, and I tell my guys, you know, every guy I come in contact with, he was probably one of the first guys I've ever seen at at the 17, 18 years old, approach the game the way he did. And I mean by that is attention to detail. Him getting in the gym and knowing that he wanted to be a professional. But at 18, approach his approach to the game was professional. I mean by doing something that was beneficial to his skill set or you know, or on the court, or just being a better young man every day. You know, how he approached it, it was amazing. And I share that with you know all the players I come in contact with. You know, how good do you want to be? You want to be a professional, you know, so, you know, try to handle yourself like a professional. You know, if that's where you want to be, you know, you hear, you know, you might hear, you know, dress for success. Dress for the job that you want. And the same thing, you know, if you want to be a professional, start, you know, doing things that professionals do. You know, that's, you know, working on your craft every day. You know, even if you're not getting up shots, you're tired, you know, you're not in the weight room. You're not, you know, getting a workout in. You know, are you in the training room? Are you taking care of your body? What are you putting in your body? What are you eating? You know, th- those are some of the things I've seen Tobias do at a very young age. And that was that's what makes him special, on top of all the talent he has and the skill sets he has, things he can do in the court. But his ability to mentally dial in is, is amazing. And he's, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure whatever he gets he does after basketball in the, I'm pretty sure a team would love to have him in the front office, but if he gets in you know, the private sector, anything like that, he's going, he's going to be successful in whatever he does because it's approaching his mentality, the way he does things.
0: Yeah. It's incredible just to hear the stories about guys like that and, and hearing just how, you know th- again the work ethic and just their ability and and they're just they're special talented you know th- th- it's just something that you don't see very often but you're now at the citadel got to hear how you landed here and just what it's been like i know you said it's been a great transition and then you know in to- and on top of that just getting guys back on campus and whatnot just how did you land at the citadel and and what's the outlook for this team heading into this year
1: well how i landed at the citadel i go back to you know takes me all the way back to uh uh, Bo Ryan when he recruited me. So Duffy, Michael Duffy Conroy, who's actually at Tulsa now with uh, Coach Conco. Uh, he was on that staff uh, as an administration role. I think with Dobo or something like that when I first got recruited. He obviously went to Wisconsin with, with Bo and then he came back with Rob Jeter on my, on my my last year at UWM. And then when I went and played overseas for four years, was at a GA at, uh, at Tennessee Then I came back on staff at UWM as an academic advisor and then uh, worked my way up to video coordinator ops. And then my last year was, a, uh, as assistant coach, I actually replaced Duff when he left and went to a uh, La tech with Conco. Uh, so he is, and he's Ed's brother. So I actually played and coached with Ed's brother. And so that was my connection to Ed, uh, got a chance to meet him obviously at final fours and stuff like that. But, uh, and then Rob worked with Ed at Minnesota. So they were on staff together at uh, Minnesota with uh, Patino. Uh, so th- those are my connections to Ed. And, uh, you know, lucky me to, to learn from a great basketball mind, the way he kind of does things, the way he goes about it, it's different than the other coaches I've worked with. And that's what I was most excited about. It's, it's a you know, uh, in between UWM working there, I also worked at a D3, UW-Whitewater, uh, for Pat Miller, won a couple of national championships there. Uh, then I worked uh, last year at UW Parkside. And, and so I've, I've been at multiple different levels, D3, D2. I was a high school coach for a couple of years, uh, seeing the mid-major, playing the mid-major. And now being here, uh, I would say uh, the SoCon right now is a little better than the Horizon League. <laughs> Not when I play, but, <laughs> but I, th- I would say now. Uh, but with that being said, to have the opportunity to work with Ed, I think, his success here uh, is something that's definitely, I think is coming here in our future again, because he was here from 06 to 2010. And uh, the way he built this program, you know, to have his thumbprint do it again, I'm just lucky to be a part of it. And uh, like I said, you know, our guys are doing a lot of uh, uh, learning. I'm, I'm doing a lot of teaching and a lot of learning myself uh, on both ends of the spectrum. So it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to the season. Uh, you know, we got some talent. You know uh, Stephen Clark. You know Brady. You know Brady Spence. Uh, some guys that from that last uh, the last staff that came over with us, and then we have uh, some young guys. You know Madison Durr, You know uh, AJ Smith as uh, freshman. Uh, Tony Carpio. Uh, you know just to name some young guys, and then we have some transfers that came over. Some graduate transfer Austin Ash that was at Iowa. Uh, you know, you know him being at a place like that, and and seeing how they won at a very high level uh, in the Big Ten is, and to have a kid come over as a graduate transfer uh, with that wealth of knowledge and to share that in our locker room, you know, it, it is amazing within itself. So I, I think we just have an opportunity to to uh, shock a lot of people, and within our first year, you know, was, we're definitely going to have our ups and downs. You know, we have you know a young team and a team that uh, hasn't won at a, at a very high level that. Wake Ed wants to do it. Uh, So we got some high expectations for these guys and not waiting for year two, not waiting for year three, uh, but to try to do it right now. Uh, It's going to take a special effort, attention to detail, uh, but I think we, you know, I think we can do it. And so we'll see, you know, it's one thing to say it, it's one thing to preach it and and, and work on it every day. It's another thing to, when those lights come on, uh, to do it at a very high level and being consistent you know, in discipline in those, in those uh, late games, you know, I think mean, that's the difference, you know, at, at this, at this level, you know, talent kind of, you know, can, can be level at times or just a little lower, but you know, what's your attention to detail, you know, how much fight do you have in you? And uh, those, are some of the things that uh, Ed, Ed preaches every day, you know, that that's the difference between winning and losing, you know, what you're going to do in those last two minutes, when do the last five minutes at that game and he's preaching that toughness. So, Like I said, man, I'm excited to be here.
0: Excited to be a part of it. Well, you've got me excited for college basketball season. I want to hit the fast forward button on college football and just get to hoop season already. So very excited for that coach. Really appreciate your time today. Before I let you run one final question. I always leave my guests with this one. Kind of involves a realization and epiphany, if you will, as to when you realize that you could be a coach at the division one level and really make coaching a career. So for you, when did that kind of click? And you said, you know, I can take this coaching play, this coaching thing pretty far.
1: Uh. I think, it, it, you know, I would say my experiences in when I was a college student-athlete, you know, it probably didn't click for me then, but looking back on it, you know, the, uh, the experience I had, you know, with the different coaches that I had uh, is something I really wanted to give and help, you know, student-athletes that are similar to me, similar to Mark Pancras, the guys I know, uh, I wanted to give them that best experience as far as on the basketball court, you know, teaching, you know, obviously all the things that I've uh, been able to learn from different coaches and, you know, things that, you know, I know, but uh, to help them better, better, to be better young men. I think that was the, that's when I knew I wanted to really, really do it is, is giving them, the, you know, they only have four to five years, you know, not including the COVID year, but <laughs> they only have so many years to have this experience. So being able to help them have the best experience, collegiate experience they can is something that I value and, and why I really wanted to get in this business, and why I'm excited to be in this business.
0: Well, coach, again, really appreciate your time today. It's been a blast to hear about your career as a player, as a coach, and just getting ready for some Citadel basketball this season. Again, thanks so much. Good luck this season and would love to get you back on the show.
1: Oh, I appreciate it, man. And hopefully we'll be talking about uh you know, some amazing season that we had that we shocked a lot of people and did something special within our first year. So, and and if not, you know, we'll talk about, you know, how we're going to do it in our second year. So... (laughs)
0: And there he goes. Coach Chris Hill, another fantastic episode today, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on the bench. Be sure to keep following and subscribing to Ride in the Pine on Apple and Spotify. And keep following on Twitter at Ride the Pine 20, RTP all capital. Instagram at riding underscore the underscore pine underscore. And on TikTok at Ride in the Pine for all of the latest updates on episodes and content to come. All 256 episodes are out now. Keep leaving those ratings and reviews. And more importantly, folks, keep your eyes and ears open for some more great A-class guests coming out on the show here in the next few weeks. But once again, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. And until next time on Ride in the Pine, keep on sitting the bench with me.